Garden with Keynes Garden Centre Kilcolgan, the garden centre for garden lovers. See keensgardencentre.ie. It is in the garden time and it is 086 1800 That is the text and WhatsApp number to get in touch with your gardening questions for the man, the legend, the Oracle of Gardening himself, Tom Stewart, who's with us again this week. Uh, good morning to you, Tom. Very good morning to you, Alan. Thanks very much for being with us as ever. Uh, so two vouchers, two 30 euro vouchers for Keynes Garden Centre uh, up for grabs. 086-1800-964. Text or WhatsApp your garden question into Tom. I'll put as many of them to him as I can because it's always very, very busy. People looking to uh, pick his brains and uh, the two questions we pick out will each win a voucher, but those that don't will get their question answered, the ones that I managed to put to Tom. But before we get to all of that, Tom and the listeners' questions, you want to chat about growing seed potatoes potatoes and a few hints, tips and advice for growing one of your favourite vegetables, the humble spud. Yeah, that's the one. And certainly in Ireland, we love our spuds. And there's nothing better than the taste and the satisfaction of your own homegrown crop. And potatoes are easy enough to grow. And if you haven't tried them yet, you should definitely give it a go. Uh, They can be grown in containers if digging the ground is not an option. So there's no excuse not to get planting. Traditionally, maybe it's in around St. Patrick's Day, it's time to look at planting your seed potatoes. But we always encourage our customers to buy them early as if you leave it too late to buy them, a lot of the popular or more favourite varieties will be sold out and certain lines will be would be limited. So buy early to have the best choice and selection. Uh, the types of potatoes include first earlies, second earlies and main crop with lots of varieties within each type. So first earlies, as the name suggests, are the first to be harvested and they're usually planted around mid to late March. Second earlies, they come next. They stay in the ground a little bit longer and are usually planted around early April and main crops, uh, your main crops, seed potatoes, they take the longest to be ready to harvest and they get planted around mid-April. So your your first early varieties, they'll be ready to harvest around June or July. Second earlies, maybe from July and August onwards. And then the main crop varieties, they're ready to lift or ready to harvest from late August right through till October. So early varieties, they don't store as well. So you're, they're best eaten fresh, whereas main crop, they'll store and they'll hold and keep for longer. So keep it in mind uh, when you are uh, planning what to plant and where you'll plant it. Um, you want to consider how long they'll be in the ground and if you want that space for growing other crops. So the likes of first earlies, they'll be in the ground for the shorter length of time and take up less space because they've, they've a smaller yield. So these varieties, they can be ideal for growing in containers or where space is perhaps somewhat limited. Whereas main crops, they take up more space and will have a lot bigger yield. So planting seed potatoes is done after the threat of a hard frost has has passed, but they can tolerate a light frost. Usually you want the soil temperature in around 9 or 10 degrees and in soil that's not too wet, preferably in a nice sunny location in the garden. Um, Because potatoes do so much of the growing underground, you don't want to try, you don't want to plant them in heavy or compacted soil. Um, Digging in plenty of compost and well-rotted manure before planting will be of huge benefit to your crop later on and helps open up the soil a little bit. So in your different varieties, we'll say in the first earlies, for example, some of the favourites for myself would be the likes of Home Guard and Orla. 
Orla is an excellent variety and it's blight resistant and a great tasting variety. Lovely if it's baked, really nice one is Orla. Uh, it can also be left in the ground a little bit longer and you can almost grow it somewhat as a secondarily. So you can leave it in the ground a little bit longer if you wanted it. Then in the secondarily varieties that are popular, the likes of British Queens, they're excellent for taste and flavour and, and a real favourite with, with most of our customers. Maris Piper is a nice one. It's particularly good for chips and roast potatoes. And Charlotte is a lovely salad potato, really versatile all rounder and it can be cooked in lots of different ways. So Charlotte is a nice one to look out for. And again, one that you could grow in a container and wouldn't take up too much space either. Then the main crops that we love to grow, they include the likes of roosters and records. They've got a lovely flowery texture and a great taste. Uh, Kelly, that's another great main crop and it has good resistance to blight. It stores very well. And again, it's one of those great all-rounders when it it comes to cooking. Um, So I'd always say to people, look, there's no harm in sticking to the tried and tested or even the traditional varieties. But I'd always encourage maybe trying out a few new varieties each year. You might discover a new favourite and something you'll be keen on growing from that point onwards. So before planting your seed potatoes, you should chit them or, or allow them to sprout. This can give you um, an earlier harvest and sometimes somewhat of a bigger yield. Uh, you can place your seed potatoes perhaps on something like an egg carton or in a seed tray with the end that has the most eyes facing upwards. You place them in a cool light spot and allow them to develop short, stubby chits, they're called, and they're dark purple in colour. And this can take about four to six weeks. So really what you're doing when you're sprouting your seed potatoes, the the potatoes are are doing a little bit of work or they're doing a little bit of growing before you actually get them in the ground. Uh, When you're growing the potatoes in the ground, plant early and salad types maybe five inches deep and about a foot apart with about two feet between the rows. And then your main crop varieties, they require a little bit more space to produce a decent crop. You want to give them room to, to, to grow. So plant them about five inches deep and 15 inches apart with perhaps something like two and a half feet between the rows. Uh, plant your potatoes with the shoots or the eyes facing upwards. Uh, once the potato plants start to grow, you earth them up or you bring soil up around the stems. This helps to prevent sunlight getting into the tubers, which will turn them green and, and somewhat inedible. It also helps protect the stalks from any late frost that, that they, they could be prone to getting. And it also gives gives you more room for or gives the potatoes more room to grow. You can use a spade or a hoe to earth up the plants, leaving a small bit of them poking out of the top. As the plants continue to grow, you keep earthing them up. So if you're growing in bags or containers, make sure you have holes uh, for drainage and use a good quality compost and maybe with some manure or soil enricher in the container. You fill the container about one third depth, place the seed potato with the eyes facing upwards and cover with about five inches of your compost mix. Uh, So maybe one or two, maybe three seed potatoes to a bag or a small container will be plenty. If you put in too many, it will result in very small potatoes. So then as your plants grow within the container, you earth them up by topping up the container or the bag, whatever you're using, with your compost mix. So you'll do this maybe two or three times until the soil uh, comes almost to the top of the bag. Uh, it's very important to keep your seed potatoes well watered and, and that's that'll involve regular watering. Um, potato blight can be a problem, but you can overcome this by planting perhaps some of the blight resistant varieties, the likes of Orla, some of the Sarpo varieties, Kelly. Uh, you can also keep an eye out for blight warnings on Met Erin. Um, they're quite good for, for this and, and you can spray the plants in advance to protect them from getting blight. Slugs sometimes can be a bit of a problem. So there's plenty of organic slug pellets available if you need anything like that. Then when it's harvesting, harvesting your seed potatoes is the time most of it enjoy the most. First earlies, they're best dug uh, uh, as and when you need them, usually after 10 or 12 weeks after planting, depending on the soil and the weather. 
um, they might be flowering or just finished flowering. Yeah, you can carefully dig with a fork to check them, see if they're ready. They should be of a, a kind of medium size, uh, a little bit bigger than a hen's egg is, is a good kind of guide to go from. Uh, similar with secondarilies, they're ready about 12 or 13 weeks after planting and they're best dug or lifted, again, as you need them or as required, as they don't store very well. Uh, but they can be left in the ground and lifted when needed. Uh, if you have more than you need, I'm sure neighbours or friends, they'll be delighted to take a bucket or two of fresh homegrown spuds. So hopefully the they would never go to waste in that regard. And then your main crops, they're ready around 20 weeks after planting. This can be from August right through to October, depending on when they were planted. Uh, main crops tend to store somewhat better, keep them cool in a frost-free place and only store the undamaged potatoes. People would use the likes of paper bags or hessian sacks that can be used to keep the light from getting into your crop. So you can call into your local garden centre or give us a shout up here in Canes. We've got plenty of varieties to choose from and we'll give you lots of advice and hints and tips on, on, on growing that the nation's favourite vegetable. Don't you know, you'll get the best advice and tips from Tom and the gang there at the centre, right? You'll be delighted to know the questions as ever, Tom, flowing in for you. But before we get to those, uh, like the hard taskmaster you are, you've drawn up a list of jobs that all the Clare Gardeners listening now have to have done by next week or they're going to get a ruler across yeah. their, their hands. We, we'll be checking up in the mail. We'll be checking to make sure they're all done. So there's no rest for the wicked. So with the likes of onion sets and shallots and garlic, they're all available to buy this time of the year. You can pick up your favourite varieties and even maybe perhaps try a new type. You'll see them probably close to the seed potatoes in, in our own garden centre or any other one. Uh, with spring soon approaching, you can dig some farmyard manure into your beds. That'll help condition and enrich the soil. Uh, it, it, it's a good one to go and you usually get them on a special offer as well. The likes of just summer flowering bulbs, they're available to buy at this time of the year. So the likes of your dahlias, your begonias, lilies, agapanthus and gladioli, all great for summer colour and they're easy to grow. So they're available to buy now. You won't plant them just yet, but available to buy. Um, maybe if you have a greenhouse or a polytunnel, you could use what's known as a greenhouse fumigator or a smoke bomb to clean out um, and get rid of any unwelcome insect pests that might have overwintered in, in, in your polytunnel or glass house. And then with the improved weather conditions, you could clear the remnants of old crops and weeds from the from your veg plots, uh, dig over the soil a little bit, mixing in a bit of compost and, and manure as you go and setting yourself up for the spring. So a few jobs to keep people occupied. Okay, brilliant stuff. Uh, now it is time for the listeners' questions. 86 964 is the number to send them in. And our first question this week comes c- courtesy of Concepta Lillis in Ballyalla. She says, Hi Alan, would you would you ask the lovely Tom my query? Is now the right time to... <laughs> if you saw the turtleneck he was wearing uh, this morning, is now the right time to divide rhubarb? It's too close to each other and I need to take out one, but could I decide that one? Is what Concepta wants to know. Very good morning to your concept. Yeah, rhubarb, you could you could lift and split it now. Absolutely no problem. Um, they are somewhat what we call a permanent planting. So wherever they go, they tend to stay there and they do take up a good bit of room and, and they need a decent bit of space. So certainly, um, by all means, you could lift and divide it and have the area ready. So give it a, give your um, the bit that you split off uh, plenty of space and room uh, to, to grow and to develop. But definitely, concept, yeah, you could split them. They really like um, a well well manured or well mulched. So again, you could get something like a bag of, of farmyard manure and mulch around the base of, of the rhubarb. That does them really well. But yeah, concept, a great one to do uh, and it'll help you increase your yield. Now, maybe on the on the part that gets split, you might want to harvest all the stalks on that one this year. So maybe 
one third or just less than half of the stalks, you could harvest off that new bit. Uh, it just allows the crown to build up a little bit better and maybe on the bit that got divided as well. So maybe not to harvest all the stalks on each one and just allow that crown to build up. But yeah, good one, Conceptor, you can do that. Our next question comes from our good friend Kay in Currafane who says, Good morning, Alan and Tom. Good morning to you, Kay. Kay is wondering, Tom, whether it's too early to prune roses, fruit plants and hedging. She says one of her apple trees is low grown. She had a great crop on it last year. The branches and apples were hitting the ground. Uh, She's a little afraid to cut it too much in case she would lose a lot of the crop later on. She says last year was the first year in years that it bore any apples. And she says, thanks again for all the help. Very good morning to you, Kay, and good to hear you again. Um, so definitely would say, usually my advice for, for pruning roses and some other things is is um, in February, and we're nearly there. So if you fancy doing it today, Kay, absolutely, it won't make any difference at all. So you could prune back your roses and any shrubs and any other bits and pieces that need a bit of a haircut. Uh, just in regards to the apple trees, you, you want to create what we call an open goblet or a, a kind of wine glass shape. So you don't want it to be congested in the middle. You want a nice open structure with your apple trees. On those branches that were kind of laden down with heavy fruit, sometimes that's a, a consequence of having a, have a having a heavy yield on them. And I wouldn't be overly keen on, on, on uh, reducing some of those branches unless they were in the way or unless they were rubbing off another one or there was any damage or disease on them. So I'd say leave, leave those, even though they're somewhat low, you could leave them. You can support them with like a small stake or something like that um, when the fruit is on them just to support the weight a little bit. But in regards with anything else that you want to trim back, yes. And your fruit plants, uh, including your apple trees, you can prune them. And again, just looking to create that open shape and getting rid of any dead, disease and damaged branches. And hopefully that will, uh, and hopefully you'll result on having a good crop on your apples um, uh, this year and all, Kate. Okay. A listener who unfortunately didn't leave their names is asking you, is now a good time to put stuff on lawns, an old lawn with moss and a new lawn with clover? What would be best? Yeah, so... <laughs> Generally speaking, for most of the lawn care products to work, and that would include um, some of the granulated products like your traditional feed weed and moss killer, and then some of the lawn weed killers, they'll work better with a higher soil temperature. So maybe seven or eight degrees or a bit higher of a soil temperature to, to work. There are a couple of liquid products that don't depend on a soil temperature quite as much. So the likes of the... Um, the zero, it's a it's a liquid treatment for moss only, or there's another product called Lawn Gold. Uh, it's, again, both of these are in a liquid format that you dilute and you would spray on, and they're particularly good for treating moss. Now they don't feed and they don't um, kill any weeds, but they would be particularly good for treating um, moss on on a lawn. So zero or Lawn Gold liquid are excellent for that. But you want to probably to get a full benefit or, or, or a better effect, um, maybe waiting till late February, early March. And again, it's somewhat weather depending when the soil warms up to use any of the granulated product for um, weed killers or even a weed killer spray. Um, best to wait a little while longer for those. And But if you catch them relatively early, like March or April, you should nip them in the bud before they set seed and before they take over. Certainly the, the liquid treatments for the moss only fine to use now with some of the other granulated and weed killer products a little bit later on. Uh, Tom, listener Shirley and Anna says, what can she put on scutch grass to stop it growing? The garden needs to be dug up and redone. She says she's in her 70s and has to get someone to do it. Yes, yeah, scutch grass can be a problem now. Some people will say they, they learn to live with it and they constantly, you just constantly mow it. Now, it can be a, a little bit unsightly, but a, as you suggested, Shirley, some people will go to the fact that go to the um, 
the extent where they'll dig it up altogether and, and reseed in those areas. Yeah, typically any of your um, your weed killers, um, you know, that a systemic weed killer that'll kill right down to the root will kill scotch grass. Usually the issue is that when it's on a lawn, it'll also kill the surrounding grass. And if any of the drift goes onto it, it'll 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 have that effect. So that's why people tend to um uh, dig it up rather now even digging it up inevitably you're bound to leave a little small bit of a root and, and it can come back but um i'd say digging it up to a certain degree um you can try and spot treat it with a weed killer but you just have to be very careful you're not hitting any other grass or or just be aware of the fact that it might kill grass in the in the in the very close vicinity of it and and a little bit of reseeding but sometimes constant mowing can keep it somewhat in check and maybe there's a little bit of a, a learning to live with it to a certain degree surely you were chatting in depth earlier on, Tom, about the humble spud. And our next question is about said vegetable. Listener says, can they keep a few bought potatoes and let them sprout and grow in containers or a bag? How many potatoes can they grow in a container bag? Yeah, well, I suppose the second part of your question first, depending on the size of the of the of the bag, which usually two or three seed potatoes is is plenty in a bag. If you put any more than that in, um, they won't have enough room to grow and you'll end up with quite small seed potatoes to be smaller than, you know, to be smaller than an egg. It wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be the ideal size for, for using and for cooking. So maybe two, maybe three um, per container or per bag. And you'll still have a lovely bag full of normal size potatoes for, for, um, by using just two or three. You'll have a good crop from them. Um, using the shop-bought ones, some people do that. Um, they're not treated the same, and sometimes they're they're not as viable as as the seed potatoes. So you can try it, but I wouldn't. No pun intended. I wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket. I, you could try it one or two and and see how how effective they've been. But don't depend on it. Maybe pick yourself up a small bag of your favourite uh, potato variety of certified seed potatoes. They'll that'll be a bit more reliable and and a bit more likely to come good for you. Okay, uh, Pat is wondering when is the last month that you can set box hedging and is wondering would chicken manure be okay to use when planting to mix with the earth, moss, peat and what size would you recommend, Tom? Yeah, good morning, Pat. So box planting, depending on the format that you get it in. So if you were to buy it as a bare root plant, so that's a, a plant that's dug up out of the ground, there's no pot or soil involved, it's just a, a plant lifted in a nursery, you have from say usually the weather depending from November till about March, end of February, March, because um, the plant is a little bit dormant, so it can do that. If it's a potted plant, and there'll be plenty of potted box plants available, you can plant them 12 months of the year. Um, they're not an overly hungry plant, so you, but by all means you could use a mix, a small amount of chicken manure pellets, uh, which are multi-purpose compost and some... Um, um, and some of your own garden soil would be a good environment for them. Um, so yeah, 12 months of the year, you can plant them if they're potted. Um, if it's a bare root plant that, that you're sourcing, probably till about the end of February. And then just your, your question related to the size a little bit, I suppose like it is a very slow growing plant. So it depends on, on what you plan to use it for. If it's a little low border around the edge of a, of a flower bed or a lawn, you know, you can buy them in a, in a six pack tray to be quite small plants, but you could buy them that way or you can buy them somewhat bigger because they're slow to grow. Usually they're, they're I wouldn't say very expensive, but they're, you know, they're a little bit costly when you, when you look to get very big plants, but um. Uh, they're a lovely plant to grow and, and I suppose the size would depend on, on 
how much time you want to give it to, to get to, to the size that you need and, and what your intended purpose for it is. But um, lovely plant to grow. Sometimes it can get um, a disease called box blight and there is a treatment for it that you put on in advance. So usually you choose it in, in late spring, early summer, and you, you just dissolve it in water and, and you spray it on to prevent the, the blight. But your chicken manure pallets would be fine and a bit of multipurpose compost. And then, as I said, the size, depending on, on what the intended uh, finish or what the intended juice is, Pat. Okay, last quick question is also spud related from Mary in Ennis Diamond. It says, good morning, uh, Tom and Alan. Uh, when we dig the potatoes, there's a lot of damage inside from a snail getting into the centre of them. They look fine on the outside, but they are not edible. Is there anything I can do? Thanks for the wonderful advice. Good morning to you, Mary. So yes, sometimes our potatoes can get affected by, sometimes it's slugs, sometimes it's the likes of eelworm. There are some varieties that are somewhat more resistant to uh, disease and 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 and, um, and pests than others. Now, sometimes we find that when we plant in what we call virgin ground, ground that hasn't been used for potatoes before, it can be prone to getting attacked by um, a lot of these on the first and, and then it, it reduces each year after that in the same area. But if, if the ground hadn't been used for anything else before, if it was just, we'll say, a lawn area, sometimes you'll get a lot of trouble and, and it, it can be a bit of a nuisance. But if you continue to use the same um, area later on or in subsequent seasons, uh, it doesn't be quite as bad. Now, sometimes wireworm can be a problem and maybe that's what you're alluding to there, uh, Mary. If you try and keep an area grass-free around the perimeter of your um, potato patch. So maybe if you have it, I don't know, a couple of feet wide of a, of a pathway around it, um, sometimes that'll help reduce the incidence of wireworm. So keeping a grass-free area around the potato patch. And sometimes wireworm, as I said, it can be quite prevalent on virgin ground or the first year that the ground was used. And subsequently, it'll, it'll lessen as years go on. So keeping a grass-free path, um, maybe checking for some... Um, ones that are a little bit more uh, eelworm or, or wireworm resistant will help. But um, hopefully this year, if, if you're using the same area, Mary, you won't have as much trouble and as much uh, issues with them. Okay, brilliant stuff. We have to leave it there, but congratulations to Pat Casey and Concepta Lillis. You've each won yourself a 30 euro voucher for Keynes Garden Centre. Uh, the rest of you, there were still other questions I couldn't get to. Unfortunately, we'll get to those uh, next week. But uh, for the moment, as ever, brilliant stuff, Tom. And we look forward to chatting to you again next week. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Alan, and take care.